Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixelist Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. As always, I'm Will, that's Blake. Today we're talking a little wizard, witch, and wild one. I love the different inflections you like to just you know, try out and just you like, know, oh, I'm going to try this today. You know, you got to spice it up every once in a while. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, how are you today? Good, man. Uh, it's Friday, so that's nice. And uh, true. we're, I mean, it's still, I was about to say it's about to be like Friday evening, maybe time to kind of wind down a little bit, but I guess we're not quite there yet. Uh, but I'm not quite there, but I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm happy it's Friday. I think that you and I and some of our other close friends might be getting to, to hang out tomorrow, which is like a rare occurrence mm-hmm. this day and age so i'm excited about that um but yeah i can't complain how about yourself yeah good i'm not sure if we're gonna make them the hangout oh what now that you just what? said that oh no <laughs> it's just it's tough when you have i love i love my kids but it's just tough when you have kids because you just can't yep. you know up and up and go uh and a lot of people are out of town for fourth of july so yeah. limited on options but we'll see you know we'll see well, what happens you know I get it. I get it. So this isn't me like, you know, pressuring, but I, you know, all I'm going to say is that if there is like a window, like even if we had to like do it earlier in the day or something, like I'd be down. Mm-hmm. So if you do have yeah, like okay. a random window, throw that in the group chat and uh, I'll be like, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, uh, I lost my train <laughs> of thought. We're, we're uh wizard, witch in the wild one is what we're here to talk about today. Worlds yeah. beyond number. Um, uh, announcements, uh, just the typical ones, I think, you know, Critical Role. Uh, Ravening sp- Wars is over, but go ahead. And speaking of Diablo, <laughs> The Witcher Season 3 oh, <laughs> just dropped on Netflix. So Listen, I'm going to watch Season 3, but I won't even pretend like we're going <laughs> to we're gonna cover it. <laughs> we still got to do Season 2. I don't um, know if I'm going to watch season three because I actually I, I canceled my Netflix like mm. a couple of months ago. And so I don't really think I'd re-up it just for for uh, Witcher. Yeah, that that's fair. That's fair. I uh, I mean, this isn't where well, this isn't the Witcher podcast right now. Maybe we will have a, a Witcher season two and Witcher as a whole retrospective at some <laughs> point. So maybe it I'll save it for someone's. there. It comes up in someone's like latest from the pixel list. And it's like, what's your season two? And they're like, what? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> what's, the, what's the date on this? <laughs> but so, anyway. just, but I will watch season three. I'm not going to be watching past season three, but it just makes me sad. Anyway, bro, random quick side note. Have you seen the dog that's like obsessed with Henry Cavill? No. There's like this dog on <clears throat> social media that it's, it's, I mean, I guess it's not a long story, but like, the, their owner found out that the dog like loves Henry Cavill. Like if you put a photo of Henry Cavill, like yeah. in a lineup, the dog will pick it out. Yeah. Uh, so it like became this big sensation and they like, they flew the the dog out for the Witcher premiere. <laughs> so everyone's been like waiting with bated breath for like the video of the dog getting to meet Henry Cavill, uh, which I don't think it's him to shreds. come out yet, but <laughs> um, the owner was like, I get, I don't see my plane ticket. And they're, and they're like, like uh, it's just the dog, actually. 
<laughs> Thanks. So the dog's um, like, uh, can I take that phone call? So yeah. anyway, gotta, my ship's come in, baby. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, just, you know, typical announcements from us. Nothing really crazy coming out the pipeline, just our normal stuff, but definitely check it out. I got a question. Are you watching secret war? I've seen the, I've seen the first episode. Okay. Have you? No, not yet. And this, this is another conversation we need to have just about like Marvel in general, but like I, we've talked about it at times on the pod before, but just the recent outings have kind of been lackluster. I haven't seen guardians three still, which I have high hopes for that one. Guardians three is good. So so that one aside, the recent outings have not been Mm. that great. So, but I did watch episode one. I'm going to keep watching it, uh, but I'm going to reserve judgment until, Mm -hmm. you know, I've seen a bit more of it, but episode one was pretty good. Good enough. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Let's, yeah, dig sorry. in then <laughs> yeah. to some W cubed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, all of a sudden I was like, I, I put so much stock into that joke that I didn't know what happened after. <laughs> I was like, what do I do now? <laughs> Where am I? So yeah, we're going to talk a little wizard, witch in the wild one. And if you are just tuning in, we like to do a little recap of the episode so if you're checking out just the recap we often will peel this out as its own video in the comments we'll have a link to our full episode discussion and not just our discussion we want to know what you thought of the episode and what the heck you think is going to happen next so having said that do you want to take us away my friend with our recap oh i was muted yes sir i will kick us off this is episode nine the king of cups Mm. so we pick up where we left off, as you do, I suppose, with our <laughs> heroes on the uppermost platform of the Calibel Nautomantic apparatus. Um, nice which again, job. Thanks, man. Which, again, is this, the wizard Derek's out in the sea. And they're staring down at the bottom of the ocean at this enormous being that's being pushed down by this light that is, you know, being generated by the Derek's. And... Moro is kind of horrified at Suvi having just asked him, what have you done? Mm-hmm. Um, so we pick up in this moment with everyone trying to process kind of what they're seeing. And Ursulon wants to know if this is a spirit. And, you know, Brennan says, no role necessary. You know that this is. Um, this creature has had its glamour stripped from it. Um, Ursulon doesn't recognize it like as a spirit that he is familiar with, um, but he thinks it's probably Naram. Um, then Suvi is uh, kind of asks this question to Brennan of, you know, she knows the Citadel doesn't know that much about the honored friends, but if she thinks back on it and the history with them, does she think that this is something that like would be par for the course? Or is this like an abomination? What uh, Moro is doing. Right. And Brennan says, you know, this isn't day to day Citadel, but the logical part of your brain basically has to say like what in principle here is different from other things that you've accepted. So basically this kind of recontextualizes her. What have you done tomorrow to be a bit more impressed? Like, Oh, what have you done? Um, And Ame's reaction to this is um, just like horrified. And she can tell that the creature is anchored um, by more than just this light that's pushing it down. Um, they have somehow anchored this thing here and the liquid turning into the coral is indeed its blood. Um, 
Moro says, you know, this is incredible, isn't it? And he calls off the chanting and, uh, you know, it subsides and the viewing window closes, essentially. Uh, he says the creature has been sighted here for generations and it has this innate ability to control currents. So they've been harvesting the coral and doing things with it, like the wands and the rings. Um, he says the research and findings have been extremely promising and that he'll tell Suvi more later, but he thinks incredible things are possible because of this. Um, <clears throat> Suvi wants to know more, but Ursulon is just like staring off into space, like just kind of right. lost. And he says, yeah, he says, well, we need to go. I need to go. Um, so the crew gets back on the boat, sails back to port, um, returns to uh, the wizard's. Uh, Chantry, I believe it's called. Um, and Moro's like, yeah, capturing this thing was just the first part um, of this plan. And how we did it was we scuttled some bait beneath, hoping it would come in, and it did. Um, and he's like, the rings and the coral and stuff, that's just a side project. He said, there was real possibility here is um, we could maybe control like the oceans, control tides, control weathers to an extent, and that could help us turn the tide no pun intended of this war because um, you know the our enemies at um, Ruve and Galthmai they can they're prepared for like an attack but they are not prepared for a tidal mm. wave coming at them um, <clears throat> Suvi asks uh, has capturing this thing brought any negative results like has there been any repercussions for you know capturing a great spirit and Moro hadn't even thought about this just goes to <laughs> show like yeah, where his head's at <laughs> And uh, Suvi mentions like, yeah, there's not many like fishing boats in the dock when it should be full. And then Moro's like, yeah, and we do have this kudzu infestation and maybe it's related, but I doubt it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably and, not. <laughs> and during all of this, Suvi realizes that she stopped pretending to be excited and is actually excited about yeah. like the potential of these things and only kind of catches herself feeling this way when she looks at her friends who are still just like horrified. Um, so they get back and they kind of are to themselves again. And the first thing Ame says is we have to find Orima and or Ursulan's like, no, we just have to go. We have to get at get Waybreaker and just get out of here. Uh, there's nothing we can do. We can't stand against the empire. Like we just have to go. And Ame puts her foot down. She's like, no, I'm not going. We have to help Naram. And, you know, to do that, let's go talk to Orima. Um, she says, you know, we can't let the empire hunt down, um, these spirits and Suvi says they already are. And there's this, just this great discussion in this part of the episode. Um, <clears throat> that's just fantastic with everyone kind uh -huh. of arguing their side of things. And Ame basically is like, well, you know, you guys do what you want to, but like I'm going to Orima's shrine. And Suvi says like, well, you can't, the witch fires and the kudzu and stuff is in your way. And if you do something, how do we know that Orima won't, like unleash fury unto all of us. Like we don't know what she's going to do. And I'm like, well, I have to try to talk to her. And, uh, uh, Suvi is like, well, Ursulan, what do you think? Like, do you know about Orima? And he was just like, all I know is my dad said she was to be avoided. And this basically ends with all three of them going their separate ways, um, and going to their rooms. But Ame then quickly goes to see, uh, Ursulan and he's in his room and he has removed, the sailor's ring that he was wearing and tries to break it, but he actually breaks his sword instead. Um, 
And there's another good moment here between Ursula and Ame where he's telling her, you know, like, I haven't told you about all the hardships I've been through since we were kids. Um, but these past few weeks together have been like the best time of my life. Like I've had joy again and I don't want that to end. So like, that's why he thinks they just need to leave because what can they do against the empire? Mm-hmm. And Ame's like, no, like, I think there is something we can do. We can go talk to, you know, Orima. Um, and Ursula's not really budging. And then to, to end this out, we get this great conversation with Ame and the Fox um, where she's like, well, what would you do, Fox? And he's like, well, I just do what I want to do. Um, and she's like, well, what if they catch you? What if they would always catch you? Would you still do what you want? And he says, I'd still do what I want because if I stop trying to do what I want to do, then they've already caught me. And I was like, such a good line. <laughs> um, but then the Fox is like, I'm going to go get some fish slurry. And he leaves. Uh, and so Ame is left alone. We cut to Suvi, who um, has been looking for someone to send a message to the Citadel. She runs into Galani, who um, was an upperclassman to Suvi at the Citadel. And Galani is like, I can't believe you're alive. Like, people have been freaking out about you. Uh, Word went out about a week and a half ago to begin looking for you, and nobody knew where you were. And Suvi's like, oh, about that. Uh, my (laughs) My sending mirror broke. Whoops. Um, and she tells her how it was disenchanted during that run in with um, the, the, spirit, the king yeah. in the night or whatever his name was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she rolls a really bad deception check. Um, and Glani's like, well, hey, Steel's on her way. She'll be relieved to find out you're OK. And uh, we only found out you were here because Moro was literally telling everyone he could that you were here. Um, <laughs> and then Suvi is kind of like stumbling on her story. And so Galani's like thinks she might be possessed or even mind controlled. Mm. So she cast a spell magic on her, uh, but nothing happens. So Suvi's like, yeah, I, we had to flee from the other side of a comb and only once getting here that I think it was safe enough to make my presence known. Um, and I picked up some companions to help keep me safe along the way. Um, Suvi then accompanies Galani back to the governor's mansion where she's staying and Galani's like, do you want to stay here? It's much nicer. And she ultimately decides to stay there and that she'll just go and get Ame and Ursulan uh, the next morning. But she does kick a note under Ursulan's door to let him know as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> we cut back to Ame now, who has gone to the library to research. And there she finds these folklore books. Um, and in one finds a drawing about this king of storms who gave three gifts to his son Naram on his name day. A spear named Sea Calmer, a cloak named Mistcaller, and finally a sword named Wavebreaker. And there's a drawing of the sword with the seven fingers because Naram has seven fingers. And this uh-huh. revelation is like, oh my gosh, Ame like wants to go tell her friends. And that's where we cut to break. Yeah. So coming back from break, um, which we actually had an actual break. Um yeah. It bears mentioning that um, WD, Worlds Beyond Number had a uh, has a uh, abbreviated kind of mini campaign going on uh, that Erica Ishii is doing. Um, but coming back from the break, the advertisement for that, um, uh, Ame is r- going to rush to Ursulan's door. But unfortunately, uh, whenever Suvi left, she put a note under Ursulan's door that was like, you know, hey, I'll be back in the morning. Like, don't wait up kind of thing. Well, Ursulan took that note and decided to leave, decided to go kind of check out the town. So Ami comes back to find no Ursulan, no sign of where he is. Uh, and she immediately 
in having to tell this revelation begins doing, um, I think it was minor illusion in carrying like this sound of like, kind of like a dinner time bell to try to get the fox to show up. We cut over to Ursuline, who is immediately heading actually to the Ace of Wands. And he intends to um, essentially confront Will Gallows and have the deal done. He makes his way in, he makes his way up to the waiting room, uh, speaks to the cudgel and is like, I'm here for Will Gallows, like he should be expecting me. And uh, there's a bit of an admiration here from the cudgel who's kind of like, okay, yeah, uh, do you want to relieve your, you know, enjoy the amenities in the space while we you wait for him? And Ursula's like, yep. And uh, there's still like the handlebar mustache bartender guy um, throws back a couple of drinks and kind of enjoys himself before he's finally led to this private uh, game room uh, where Will Gallows, Will Gallows awaits with Wavebreaker in its scabbard on the table ready to be given to Ursulon. But before he hands it to him, he first asks, um, you know, what's the nature of this sword? Like, I haven't been able to find any value in it. Like, what do you want it for so badly? And Ursula basically explains it's it's valuable to a friend. It's sort of a memento, and that's why we want it. Um, and also on top of this, Will Gallows is really admires Ursulon, and not just admires Ursulon, but obviously him, Suvi, and Ame, and says essentially, um, it's not usual that I give someone work that they then take care of the same day that I gave it to them. Uh, he's a bit surprised as to how fast he worked, and he even goes as far as to offer Ursulon a job, and says, you know, the last time you were in town, you were at the bottom of the barrel. Um, I can make sure you are deeply taken care of. Uh, Ursula, however, is not having it. He's like, I'm done with this place. I hate this place. <laughs> this place sucks. I'm out of here. <laughs> and uh, Brennan describes Will Gallows as sort of finding this obscene pleasure in how disgusted Ursula is with, with his town. Uh, but despite this, uh, Will Gallows says, well, if you ever change your mind, here's a little thing that you can sort of use to call for me and he hands him some thread some twine almost like from like a frayed from a rope and he reveals that i only have a certain amount of this so don't lose it because it's all i have is what they left on my neck basically when they hanged me um and the table like lost it at this moment <laughs> i think Brendan even said like this makes me feel good <laughs> they just loved this line um ursulon uh kicks back another drink shares one with will gallows and is off back into the night of the town intending to head back to the chantry um we cut over to suvi who has arrived at the governor's mansion um similar to the chantry it is um it's a rich mansion you know and she is brought to this uh, large person-sized mirror um, where she uh, there's sort of like an incantation is cast and she sees on the other side of the mirror um, Steel uh, surrounded by soldiers. And Steel essentially lets her have it, um, tells her to be left alone or said so she wants to be speak to her privately, so she asks, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Galani. Uh, thank you. I was thinking Galadriel. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> um, there's this funny moment where she's like, Galani, please leave us. And Abria's like, you can, or Suvi's like, you can stay. It's okay. <laughs> and Galani's like, well, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> and basically, um, Steel just rips into Suvi and is like, where have you been? What's been going on? 
um, eventually tells the soldiers to leave them privately. And we get kind of what we sort of expected earlier in that um, Steel is like, hey, when I told you you could go take as much time as you need, I kind of envisioned maybe a day. It's been <laughs> weeks. Like, where have yeah. you been? And very much like worried mother. Um, yeah. Like, I've been worried sick. And Suvi is really stumbling over herself, um, very much shrinking in this conversation. And Steele informs her, like, I'm coming. I'm coming to see you. To which Suvi's like, no, no, you don't need to come. Like, it's, <laughs> I'm good, mom. <laughs> and Steele's like, it's it's done. I'm coming. I will be there. Um, but before they end the call, um, Steele kind of just wants to get more clarity on, like, like, what's been going on? Like, what happened? And Suvi explains essentially what we've seen happen, leaving out some key details. She doesn't inform um steal about ursulon as a um spirit uh, so she keeps that one close to her chest but she does reveal that when grandmother in passed notably um ame wasn't seemingly understanding what grandmother Rim was telling her and that she seemed to be cursed and they're looking to acquire this item to break the curse but secondly that they were her mirror, her speaking mirror was disenchanted by this spirit who came to the door to which Steele asks, well, tell me more about the spirit. And Suvi says like, well, it had a lot of names and um, she basically gives one of the names, maybe like Pilgrim of the Night, I can't remember. But Steele adds the next name and says like, um, like, oh, like King of the Night and then kind of trails off implying that perhaps steals familiar with the spirit potentially um separately she's like hey just keep everything like locked down till i get there i'll be there in two days and the suvi's like hey you probably want to know what what moro's doing he seems to have captured like a great spirit and is doing like these kind of experiments um and steel seems a bit disturbed by this in fact she basically says like hey we just need to have everything locked down like keep everything tight until i get there i don't want anything else to happen until i'm there so they agree and um steals like all right well i'll see you in a couple of days and um so he's like all right great uh and then galani comes in after the call ends and is like we have snow cones downstairs <laughs> like shaved ice <laughs> or something um just to try to like break the ice <laughs> um so we cut back to ame who has been looking for the fox can't find him she um links to him to see through his eyes and is like, where are you? What are you doing? And the Fox is, um, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm out doing something. And I'm um, like, well, I have snacks for you. And the Fox is like, I'm good. <laughs> but she's like, what do you mean? You're good. You love yeah. snacks. What? And, um, essentially sees through the Fox eyes and realizes that the Fox is, um, in front of this massive green wall of fire, with the walls of Port Talon behind him, and he is seemingly heading out to the shrine of Orama, and he sort of teases um, Ame and is like, you know, he's like, yep, I'm doing what, I'm basically gonna make you do what you wanna do, rather than like holding off. Um, and uh, so Ame's like, like, I hate you, but I love you. <laughs> and <laughs> is gonna get her stuff together. She rushes over to Suvi's door, and we get this great, um bro lita moment of her like kicking remember she's jacked now her like kicking down the door crushing the door and seeing no sign of suvi uh and she gathers her things to go and that is 
when our episode comes to a close. Episode nine of The Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild One, The King of Cups. And well again, done. Oh. Thank you, sir. I was just saying, don't forget, guys, if you're watching just the recap, you can see our full discussion. And we want to know what you thought as well. Um, you can click the link in the episode description below. Well done, my friend. What yeah, an episode, man. Amazing episode. Yes. I did, by the way, realize I wasn't recording the recap until about five minutes in. So <laughs> no worries, I got it. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I was like, I got it, I got it. So that's why you have the uh, what is it called? We can never think of things. Contingency. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what I every time I cut the recap, I'm like, I'm always like, oh, I have to like scrub through the first part where we do like you know the introductions and the Witcher jokes and stuff. <laughs> So I was like, this time I'll just click start recording when we actually say it. And then I just did it. So it happens. That's how it goes. But um, man, what a fun episode. I loved the conversation at the very start. That was really intense. Yes. Um, and then also throughout the episode, it can be kind of disorienting in general D&D play where everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Mm. But it feels like everyone got like a good bit of attention and it didn't feel fractured i guess um yeah but overall a really fun episode what'd you think yeah agreed um so much came to to a head and i mean i guess it uh philosophically i guess we haven't kind of it hasn't reached like a boiling point of actually coming to conflict or making like a split in game yet but yeah i love this episode that that conversation at the beginning where everyone was kind of you know mm-hmm. giving their own perspective was so good um they're all so so talented so it's just amazing to see them you know play off each other like that um <clears throat> and yeah like all in addition to like the great rp we got some really interesting plot things happening it is naram uh confirmed which we pretty much mm-hmm. thought but yeah um that seems like it has massive implications for the world at whole. Some of which were explicitly spoken about in terms of like mm-hmm. turning the tide of the war. Um, we got Wavebreaker back, uh, and now you know Steel's in the picture, and Steel knows about. Which I want to talk wow. about all these things like more in depth. So I don't know why yeah. I'm like <laughs> shotgunning through them right now. We, we nailed it. We got it all. <laughs> See you guys next time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Steel also kind of being now in the know on mm. the secret mission, if I can call it that, about like what yeah. Ame Suvi and Urslan are up to. Um, mm. So like a lot of interesting things at play here. Yeah. Let's maybe start with that combo at the start because I think you're. I think the way you described it's really good in terms of a lot of things came to a head. Um, there's been kind of some tension within the party. Um, I saw a Reddit post about this too. Someone was talking about Suvi and kind of defending Suvi for people. I guess there's been, I, I haven't really followed a lot of social about this cause I don't think it has the same, it's had the same maybe attention that like, or like the medium of using Reddit, mm-hmm. like we've seen with other content. Um, but I, I kind of thought it was obvious that Abria was playing a character, but apparently there was some chatter about this, but we saw some of this tension kind of come out of Ame finally kind of moving away from being the agreeable, like, yeah, okay, let's just do what the group wants to like, this is my mission. Like, this is what I'm called to do. I'm called to defend and care for the spirits. And, um, I did not expect Ursulon to be like, I'm done. I'm out of here. I thought he was going to side with her and it was going to be, like we said, 
um, one's a pair and one's a spare. Yeah. I thought it was going to be the two of them and Suvi being like, well, uh, but I, I love the whole conversation. It was incredibly tense and, um, I was glued to it. I mean, I was in, I sat in a driveway listening to it before I went, got out of my car. <laughs> so really good. Yeah, it was. And yeah, especially, I mean, it was all good. So uh, by especially, I shouldn't have used the word especially, but in particular, Ursulon's Lou Wilson's take on that was so fascinating. Mm. And it's such an interesting way to do it because it's so obvious to just be like to stand with um, Ame. But yeah. I think that his choice there makes perfect sense. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he spelled it out, but I'll, I'll repeat it again here. Just that, you know, he's had a tough life and this time with his friends, these last couple of weeks has been his first joy in a long time. So he doesn't want to risk that when, especially mm-hmm. in something that he thinks is like a, a fool's errand, like they have mm-hmm. no chance against this industrial empire. Um, right. So yeah, I really, really liked the whole budding philosophies here. And uh, I'm really interested to see kind of what happens um, because everyone kind of took steps in the direction of what they wanted to do already. You know, like Lou went to go get Wavebreaker. And so in Ursulon's mind, it's like, let's leave. We got what we're mm-hmm. coming for. Let's get out of here. Ame yeah. has already left to go talk to Orima. So something's going to happen there. And then Suvi has been told to don't do anything like stay put. So like, I don't know, like what's, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like what's going to happen next? I mean, are they even going to be able to find out what Ame and the Fox are doing? Yeah. I don't know. And it's interesting because I think they also didn't, I know Brennan's really big on like, you know, the dice tells the story. Um, Mm ways that they could have connected. Like, I think Ame tried to like ask for help. Like, is there anyone around I could talk to who've seen Suvi? Mm-hmm. And, um, she had like an investigation check or something. She rolled, I think a nat one. Yeah. And Brennan was like, Nope. So yeah. I mean, how do these players reconnect? Because right now, um, Ursulon has the note from Suvi. Suvi's spending the night and has told to lay low and Ame doesn't know where either of them are and is heading out pres- <laughs> presumably to the shrine. I mean, yeah. unless she bumps into Ursuline coming back. Yeah. Which then maybe maybe she bumps into Ursuline because Ursuline is coming back to the Chantry. Bumps into him. He has the note. I don't know. But can, can Suvi message? She can, right? No? Just no. Ame? Because Ame can, right? One of them can, I think. Maybe not. I don't think any of them have message. Maybe I'm just thinking of the her communicating with the fox, and maybe that's where I'm getting my wires crossed. I don't think any of them have sending or message. Okay. And I don't even know mechanically if Brennan's intending to have that in this world. I mean, he could be. It could be a full-blown 5e, everything in it goes. Um, but also the flavor of him using like the speaking mirrors and which is a sending stone, obviously um, portal doors, things like that. I'm curious, like what his flavor spin will be. I'm sure there'll be something like that, but I'm curious what his version will be. Yeah. But I don't think that anyone has anything like that yet. I think you're right now that I'm thinking about it. I think I was just thinking about the Fox. Um, so yeah, I mean, they really have no way of, of getting in touch, I guess. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think it'll play out this way, but I guess at least 
it potentially Ame could catch up to the fox and then like not go see Orima yet. And like, let's go home and talk to the other ones first. But like, I really don't see that happening. Like I imagine that she's, they're going at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they're going to have to run into each other before she makes it out there. Because since Ursulan and Suvi are so like, no, we're not talking to Orima and we're not going to help Naram. I almost feel like they'd have to see Orima themselves to be convinced. Yeah, or like, even potentially if they just, uh, maybe not Suvi, but at least Ursulan, if he finds out that Wavebreaker is like Naram's freaking sword, like that connection might be enough for him to kind of waver yeah, a bit which, as well. By the way, was an awesome, I loved that scene. That was such an incredible realization. Yes. Um, because I was wondering how Brennan was intending to connect these things together. Like, oh, here's a side quest, Naram. And it's cool how it ties in um, and speaks to how awesome Brennan is. You know, it's like, oh, here are these two statues. Like, oh, that's, that could be like a long-term quest or something. No, it's the guy who freaking owns the sword you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, which, okay, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about this until you were just now saying that. But <clears throat> do you think it's connected on the level of, okay, I'm trying to be, careful with how I word this because I'm not necessarily implying anything like super specific, but do you think the fact that Naram was captured that that had anything to do with the fact that Grandmother Wren and this curse and telling them to get Wavebreaker or that's just kind of a coincidence? I think that's a coincidence. Okay. Because I think when Grandmother Wren was talking about like removing the enchantment of the curse she was going through the rolodex of like uh, okay upstairs in my attic there's this thing that can help you or i guess it was the rooster tomo tomo what was the rooster oh, what was his name uh oh no regardless yeah, the yeah. rooster was explaining it so um yeah i think that's just a coincidence okay i i would lean that way too but I could seeing I could see it being connected. And again, I don't mean like ultra specifically, like the sure. curse is because Naram was captured, but there is there's some underlying thread going on with with Grandmother Rin and with something mm. in the world at whole that that seems to be happening that's potentially tied into what Subi's parents were involved in as well. Mm. Um so again, not that not that A caused B in terms of Naram and Grandmother Rin, but Naram being captured could be one peg in this greater conspiracy that Grandmother Rin was worried about or was fighting against and was thus cursed to forget or whatever, you know, whatever's going on there. That right. could be those these things could all be connected in some way, like by some maybe greater mm-hmm. puppeteer that's that's pulling strings. Um all that being said, I do think it's perfectly fine if it is just a nice little coincidence that that those two things are connected. Um, but yeah, really cool. And um, I, I have it written in my notes. Let me just try to pull it up real quickly about those three items, because in the recap, I named them, but I didn't kind of explain what they do. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the spear, sea calmer, uh, that the waves may be at your beck and call. So I'm assuming control the currents, kind of like they're messing with now. Um, mm-hmm. A cloak named Mistcaller, that the fog of the sea might hide your travel from your foes. Um, so I'm guessing some sort of invisibility, perhaps. 
and then the sword named Wavebreaker that he may strike down the spells and curses of his enemies, um, mm-hmm. which we know to be the reason they want to use it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the question being, yeah, why on. doesn't he have these artifacts anymore? That's a good that's a good point. Because this collar presumably would have kept him from getting captured uh, or tracked. Um, and then C collar, if he does have it, maybe the chantry has it now, the scepter's chorus. Mm. Um, since they seem bent, they seem aware of his power of controlling the tides or the currents. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, so because all right, the folklore refers to the king of storms giving three gifts to his son Naram. So I'm guessing the King of Storms is like an even upper mm-hmm. echelon spirit. Um, so if that's true, like it might maybe it's just kind of like mythological legend, not necessarily like hard canon of the world that those three items were given to him. Um, and what I mean by that is like maybe maybe Naram wasn't necessarily running around with those three artifacts, but maybe maybe even Naram like gifted those to like his followers or something. I don't know. Um but yeah, I, that is a good question of how did it end up in Grandmother Wren's hands? Maybe it was even freely given to her as she seems to be a ally to the spirits, mm-hmm. you know, the honored ones. Right. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. Except maybe not that like Naram literally like walked up to her doorstep and gave it to her, but like it eventually arrived to her because of like the amicable relationship between her and spirits. Um but she did just have it in an attic. So maybe it was just something she picked up along the way. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it could have been a gift and you know, you know how we deal with gifts sometimes, you know, the person's like, yeah. Hey, do you still have my You're like, yeah. Yeah. You, and then you bring it out the next time they come over, like, yeah. Conspicuously <laughs> use it. Yeah. It's like, I knew you had that. I'm like, Oh yeah. I love this ice cream maker. <laughs> I remember someone gave me a gift in like high school or something. And then, my car was really dirty. I had a lot of stuff in my car and um, they like were sitting in my back seat while I was driving somewhere and it was at their feet on the ground. <laughs> and it had been like months and they were like, I think it was like a book. And they were like, Oh, the book I bought you. I was like, yeah. Like, yeah. I sit back there and read it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you like describe something that was me. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> the book I gave you. Um, but yeah, I wonder like the I mean, I guess I guess we don't know how prevalent these like are. I don't know if it's even fair to call it an artifact, but like mm. it's written about in a folklore book. So like it seemingly has some sort of prestige, let's call it. Right. Um and yet somebody like Will Gallows couldn't make anything of it. And, right. you know, and like he right. seemingly would have put some effort into figuring out what this was, you know? Right. Um, I mean, maybe that's not fair to assume, but I assume he did um, and couldn't find anything out about it or yeah, it to work. A, so it's interesting that he couldn't find a buyer for it. Yeah. So, and I mean, maybe that maybe it's capabilities are only. I'm, I'm I'm assuming they can only be utilized by like certain people, not just an average Joe could go, you know, decurse something with it. Um, but that, that ability, even though we haven't seen it in action seems very, very powerful. Especially for a level one. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. 
so again, I don't know if I'm like reading too much into it, but it's fascinating to me that, that yeah. Gallows thought it was worthless, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since he's from Port Talon, where Naram seems to be like a known entity yeah. and it had seven fingers. You know, you think like somebody would have been able to put it together if he went to get it like a praise or something. Um, I think maybe but, it know. speaks to just how little people know about the spirit world. Like they know enough to be dangerous, I guess. Like spirits that can be monetized, mm. for lack of a better phrase, or taken advantage of. But beyond that. Yeah. You know, I like that a lot. I think that kind of is says a lot about the world in like in general, because the forces that we're at least aware of are like mm. normal folk, mm -hmm. witches who are very in tune with the spirits and like their whole existence is to like foster that mm -hmm. relationship. And then the Citadel who really doesn't care at all. They just see them as dollar signs right. and, and power. Um, right. So yeah, I really like that. Maybe only witches and only like, you know, just devout yeah. people are even in the yeah, know on this stuff. Maybe we assume it's more common knowledge just because we're seeing the story through the point of view of Ame, who like she mentioned, that's her charge you right. know, to take care of the spirits. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that kind of sheds light on um, Moro not even yeah. recognizing Who, that greeting. That by the way, time. I love the question about, you know, have you thought about any, like, have there been any negatives? And he was just like, uh, consequences to my actions? <laughs> no. No. There is that kudzu, but <laughs> nah, probably not that. Not related. <laughs> yeah, totally. He seems <clears throat> just. I guess oblivious is the right word. Just hyper focused yeah. on you know himself. On, my my toddler's give me two seconds, okay? Yeah, yeah you're Talk good. To the camera first. All right, I got this. My, my whole life's been built into this moment. Um, I am gonna take this chance to look through my notes real quick to find something I wanted to talk to Blake about, but I couldn't remember the specifics of. Um, apologies. Okay, yeah. I was trying to find the exact wording here. The King of Storms, that is what it was said, gave three gifts to his son, Naram, on his name day. I'm probably going to have to say this again because I want Blake's take on it. Okay, I was... I was checking... <laughs> I heard that one. Is it still okay? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fine. Okay. <laughs> I was... I was looking in my notes um, while you were gone... Uh, to double check the Naram and his dad thing. Um, and it does say the King of Storms, which I didn't know if that was right or not, but that is, that's at least what I have written down. And he gave him the gifts on his name day. And so that just made me wonder like how this, how this works. We don't really know that like, I mean, presumably there must be some like original spirit or original set of spirits. Right. That like a, hierarchy or something or yeah, not even hierarchy but like <laughs> i see where you're going with this it's some sort of like pantheon i guess and i'm just curious yeah, like right. is naram seems like big deal but maybe he's not that big a deal but like on his name day like i wonder how new spirits are created i mean ursulan mm. has a mom and dad so seemingly we know how he was created but he seems like bottom of the totem pole as far as like spirits go so i'm curious if that's just true for all spirits like they're all just you know, made the old fashioned way or if like, 
and this is probably getting into like territory that we may never even encroach in the game or if we do it'll be like years down the line when they're getting you know like metaphysical and philosophical Mm. with it but like i wonder if spirits are at all based on like belief you know or like Mm. i don't know uh I was looking for something kind of esoteric to talk about while you were gone. And I was, I had these thoughts while I was listening to the episode. So, but it is actually when you talk about a pantheon um, and you think about like the cosmetology for lack of a, is that the right word? I think cosmetology? that's like makeup, that's, right? Sorry. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I butchered that so bad. Cosmology. There we go. The cosmology of the spirit world. <laughs> um, you know what's interesting that I was just thinking about when you said that you have the King of Storms, who, if is the if if that is the father of Naram, which seems to be the case, well, we know it is. Um, I think about okay, what's that person's domain as the King right. of Storms? We also have the King of Night. Are these peers? is that it though, or did I? Because I, I think that's what I said, but I don't know if that's right. I think. Maybe not actually. Maybe King Under the Stars. <laughs> it was like that. Pilgrim Under the Stars. I think that was one of them. Pilgrim Under the Stars, King of Night. I think. Let me figure this out. I think I might have it in my notes. Let me, let me search for King of Night or King. Yeah, let me see here. Because I have the. Let's see. What episode was that? Episode two? It was one, yeah, one of the first ones. Let's see here. Sorry if y'all are hearing okay. that music. All right, here's the transcript. All right. King. Oh, maybe it was episode three, actually. <clears throat> okay, I think it's episode three. Okay. Let's see here. Episode three, the charter. Oh, actually, the trans the transcript button doesn't work anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I found Pilgrim in the Stars in my notes, and I thought I wrote down all the names, but it's by itself, so that doesn't really help um, us. That's so. That's such a bummer that the link's broken now for the transcript. Um, I'm sure they'll get it fixed. Let's see if someone's like curating like a wiki or something. Okay. Here's somebody's page. What were we? Well, I was just. Yeah, I mean, I was just saying. I thought it'd be really interesting if. you know, if there was some kind of, um, if there was some kind of like building on the concept of pantheon, if there's deities with their spirits with their domains, and if the king of the night, which I may be forcing, was on a level similar to the king of storms. Um, but. Anyway, I guess I can't seem to find anything. 
too bad that the transcript's not working, like I said. Um, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I guess in any case, I, I'm curious about how this works, too. And now that we're talking about this, have we actually yeah. had... You find Sorry, it? found it. Yeah. Uh, the His three names are The Man in Black, Pilgrim Under the Stars, King of Night. Mm, we got there, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Took a while. Everyone cheer. Thank you to this. I don't know who this is. This person has this website where they're, um, it's like their own wiki that they're doing. Looks like. Oh, nice. I, um, cool. Cause so, it might be yeah. the one somebody told me about. Cause I remember in one of the first episodes of this, we, you and I were talking about maybe like getting like a, mm-hmm. a lore Bible going yeah. for this show. Yeah. Right. And then somebody in the discord told me somebody was already doing that. So I, it might be the one you're looking at right now. Yeah. Could um, be. Okay. So, the King of Night and the King of Storms. Could there be a connection there? I don't yeah, know. like how how does this? I'm just going to keep using the word pantheon, or you know, mm-hmm. how does this power structure work? And <clears throat> what I was saying uh, a second ago was, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong, and I just don't remember. But has there been a mention of a, a single deity ever in this show? Deity, how do you mean? Like in the same sense that like in 5e, oh. there's like deities and like an actual pantheon, you know? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either, which is really interesting for this world. And then, and because of that, maybe these great spirits are kind of those well, for the purposes of... Additionally, additionally... Do are there clerics in this world? I mean, we know? haven't seen like, one yet, so you make a great point there. <clears throat> but yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Like, if we did see, I, and I don't think they're going to use the word. Well, no, they have used the word paladin, haven't they? Because wasn't the there's guy, a paladin? Yeah. Oh, but they yes, they did have the actual. Well, I think they used knight for the guy. Okay, yeah, maybe but they Earthlon did. is a paladin class, right? Um, so like, I mean, he's also level one though. Right. So mechanically, at least, you know, barring some potential homebrews that may happen, we have the paladin class. We'll probably have at least aspects of the cleric class in some form or fashion. And those don't necessarily have to have an answer. Like, you know, who cares? It can be whatever you want it to be, but especially knowing someone like Brennan, who's going to, and has put a lot of thought into this. I wonder Maybe there, maybe there is like a, a normal pantheon of deities, but maybe there's not. And in this world, the honored ones, or like at least the very great ones, are kind of that slot or something. Mm. I don't, I don't yeah. really know where I was going with this. It's very no, it's it's <laughs> we're just hashing out thoughts together. Yeah, you know, we're just trying to like, okay, what is this exactly? Um, I'm just clicking through my tabs now of, of worlds beyond stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. But they're presumably going to meet a spirit in person uh, when they go to Orma's shrine as well. True. If, I mean, I Maybe guess. Maybe in person. I mean, I mean, we know some spirits like travel freely between, and she does seem to be powerful. So I'm assuming she can. Um, but we've also talked about. Sorry, you know, go ahead. I was just going to say, if she can, then why hasn't she done more? You know? Right. 
because yeah. the, the kudzu thing is happening, which seemingly is an effect of her. But yet right. Ame thinks that like, I guess I don't we don't know if Ame thinks this, but at least presumably she thinks she needs to go tell Orima what happened to Naram. Mm-hmm. But seemingly she knows and thus the kudzu. I think um, the other part of it, too, is she wants to kind of. Ask Orma if she can help while yeah. also asking for, hey, can you leave Fort Talon in one piece? <laughs> yeah, because I think that was the other piece of it, too, is like not wanting her fury to be unleashed. So. Yeah, and maybe I think we talked about this a little bit, but maybe even the, the, the fact that the shrine hasn't been. Kept up. Tended to. Yeah, yeah. Like right. maybe for whatever reason that has like prevented Orima from making a more yeah. it gives powerful me response. Of, um, Unaleska and Final Fantasy X. Wasn't her job to like go keep to the shrines of like the spirits or something? Um, Is Yuna Unaleska? Is that like her full name? I think or, is so. that, or is that another character? Okay, I was just trying yeah, to make no, sure I was. No, I don't know. I sorry, I thought Unaleska, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess it is just Yuna. Well, I, maybe it's just Yuna. Maybe that, Unaleska is something. Different. Maybe that's her full name though. But I just was making sure Yuna. we were talking about the same person. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yuna, her job, and I think in the game to like get hundred percent, you would also go to these shrines too. I vaguely uh, remember something like that. Yeah, it's like the e- Aeons or something. Yeah, spoilers for. Like the, Twenty-year-old yeah. game, but there's no spoilers no, there. I mean, I was about yeah. to say I was. I'm saying something else now. Oh, oh okay. Um, so spoilers yeah. for Final Fantasy X. But man, that, that was I it was so hard emotionally to have to like kill all of your spirits at the end to stop the cycle. Right. That always stuck with that. me. Well, and Titus not being th- there anymore. I mean, just the just the summons. <laughs> They're, they're remaking that game, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard that, which I've been yeah. wanting to like replay it for like I've had that mm-hmm. itch to replay it for a number of years, but I guess I might yeah. as well wait for the remake at this point. Well, not to get too off, too off base, but did you play Final Fantasy VII's part one remake? No, because I was waiting for the PC port, which is now out, but like it's still like 70 bucks. That's like it's been out for years. Like discount this, please. <laughs> uh, so maybe well, I'll wait part- until like it's all out. Yeah. But the part one remake was really good. So I heard it was really I, good. Man. I have high expectations for Final Fantasy X, and also I hear that Final Fantasy sixteen, the latest, is going to be a really great game of the year contender. Oh well, it's out. So it is, yeah. yeah. But people have been giving feedback. Have been like, this is definitely going to be game of the year. Mm. So we'll see. Yeah, I need a I need a PlayStation yeah. Five. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, back to the back to the subject. Um one last thing in like the, the power structure, because I just had this thought, is we're talking about Naram, who seems pretty powerful, but we at least know his dad's above him. So in terms of figuring out where Naram is, I was thinking about Ursuline's dad. Because Ursuline's dad seems like a pretty big deal. Right. But we know Ursuline's dad was like scared of Orima, basically. So it seems like right. Orima's above Ursuline's dad. Right. And not that this is necessarily a fair assumption, but if Orima and Naram were like a thing, then he's yeah. probably close to her power. Um, Maybe unless it's like an ant, you know. <laughs> like a, uh, <laughs> what, what, what show recently did something? Like, oh, duh. Lou Wilson again. Yeah. Rabbiting um, <laughs> I was trying to place that. I was like, what, what was that? Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, 
But so, yeah, I'm with you. Presumably so, peers in some way. And then, yeah. So then presumably Naram is like a really big deal, which means mm-hmm. his dad might be like one of the top, top. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that, I know we've like talked about this for an hour, but so we can move on. But I just had that thought when I thought about how Ursuline's dad reacted to Orima. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so to kind of get us a little bit back on a track here, what... One, the fox is the greatest, man. I get, we could probably say this like every episode, um, but I called attention to the line that I loved during the recap about like, you know, if you just assume they're always going to catch you and you don't do anything, mm-hmm. well, like you've already lost, you know, like <clears throat> um, loved that. And I love the like, I mean, he's always been a, a lovable guy, but he definitely right. had that like kind of selfish um yeah selfishness to him but this move he pulled at the end was like completely selfless yeah he went, he's you know yeah he's fulfilling his oath to ame yeah you know, as his as her spirit spirit animal i guess you know he turned down treats true just <clears throat> if anything happens to him right oh yeah upset. and lou lou asked i think he said and he's got 40 hit points right and he's like still two he's like can we can we change that gotta pump those numbers up and he's like nope um so oh love the fox and i wonder i just wonder what what's uh, presumably ame and the fox are going to speak to orima so maybe they meet ursalon first like you mentioned um but presumably that happens and one way or the other, it seems like Ame is probably going to re-enter this scenario with a plan via Orima. Not necessarily that Orima tells her, like, do this, this, and this. But, like, she's going to have some sort of actionable goal after meeting with Orima. Mm-hmm. All right, so now to move away from that. <clears throat> hang on, hang on. Oh, go ahead. No, I'll move quite away just yet. Um, I went back and grabbed the vision that Ame had. Um just because I was curious more about this dynamic. Um, and um, I thought it was a callback to the past, something that happened. And I remember what we talked about when this happened, but now reading it, I wonder if it's a vision of the future of what could potentially happen. Mm. Bearing in mind bearing in mind that she was able um, in the first episode, the young couple that come to see her and they want to know if they're ever going to have a kid. And she's able to see like their entire futures. Right, right. So what this says, as you hit the stone, your mind reels with screams and horror and the smell of burning salt, which fires mm-hmm. that are burning. You see endless vines looking to choke, strangle, and ruin. You hear screams. You hear people up on the watchtower and walls of stone summoned forth from the earth. And you see a lance thundering down from the sky, beating with a rhythm of pain and intensity and torture. Um, As you see the face of the statue, blood streaming from the eyes and mouth, you hear endless waves and deep song from the bottom of the ocean cut short and a scream choked with ash, fire, and smoke. What if this is Naram's dad and Orima both coming to destroy Port Talon, either to free him or revenge for their experiments going too far and like killing Naram? 
Yeah, I I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's definitely a vision of the future now. Because I remember when we first talked about this, a point of confusion for me was that the wall was in the vision, and yet we had learned the wall was right. only recently like put right. up. And yeah. so I was like, did this happen in the past? Like, yeah. Um, but so that makes perfect sense to me that that, and especially with your example from the the couple at the beginning of the show, I think that's totally what it is. And um, yeah, I. I think maybe the was the line about like lightning striking down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you see a lance thundering down from the sky, which so very sounds Zeus like, asked, yeah. Yeah. King that of sounds Storm, like his right? dad. Um, so it makes sense to me. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Interesting. You know, it's which, a classic <clears throat> Moro meddling and things he doesn't understand and potentially dooming the entire town. Yeah, I wonder if, like, do you think, like, his dad just doesn't know? I guess this is, this ties back to, like, the whole Pantheon mm -hmm. conversation. It's not, they're not necessarily omniscient, so, like, maybe his dad doesn't know this is going on. Um, but it, it at least seems like Orima does. But, yeah, I wonder what, like, what changes from what's the status quo right now to where that happens. Like, is there something mm -hmm. blocking them from, yeah, from assisting? Cause it, because yeah. Moro is so oblivious that he wasn't even thinking about consequences. So it's not like he has something in place to prevent them coming at him, you know? So I wonder like mm -hmm. what, what is preventing that? Um, unless it is, unless they just don't know, but then I don't know how to explain the kudzu. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll get an explanation in this next episode or the one after as to why she seems to be like delayed in arriving or just the extent of her power just being the kudzu. Yeah, I I love that though. That makes so much sense with the the vision. Which yeah. also calling back to that first episode, something I wondered because when you do get a glimpse of the future, just you know, you get, you get a lot of questions like was that inevitable or did that guy, especially since she gave him, you know, the, the ring, mm -hmm. um, like, is it possible that he maybe wouldn't cheat on his wife, you know? So is it possible oh, that we yeah. can, can yeah. we avoid this future that she saw with the, the spirits attacking the city or why well, is it inevitable? I think the implication is that if Naram continues to be manipulated in this way, he will eventually die and that will seal the fate of the city. Cause it says mm. you, you see the face of the statue, which was Naram blood streaming from eyes and mouth. So injured, mm -hmm. which by the way, it's already, he's already bleeding from what we've seen, right. but you hear, you hear endless waves in deep song from the bottom of the ocean cut short, mm. which to me, I think a life that's cut short. Right, um, right. So I think it's, I think Ami's going to realize this may put two and two together. And maybe if the party isn't there, to get convinced by Orima, it'll be like, hey, this is what's going to happen to everybody if we don't stop what yeah. they're doing to the ROM. And that actually answers my other question of like, why hasn't this happened yet? Maybe it's because like, whatever the case, but if he dies, then like, okay, right. now you're, it's over for <laughs> yeah. you guys. Yeah, yeah, um, right. So yeah. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Pixelous prediction. I'll put it. I'll put it up there. Boom. Put it on the scoreboard. Yeah. Sorry, I got a little distracted as you're talking about the fox, and I was just like, I know there was something about this vision, but oh, anyway. that 
that's great ad. Crazy great stuff, insight. though. Okay. Um, let me scroll back through the notes here because there's other things I wanted to talk about, and I know we've been like stunlocked yeah, on this um, one subject. Right. Uh, I just thought it was cool the Will Gallows job offer, but especially the thread yeah. that was given. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. One, just what a cool and ballsy move for Ursulon. Yeah. To go alone. Like, because there's no guarantee, especially the fact that he came alone. What if Will Gallows was like, I'm going to kill you and keep the sword now? You know, yeah. like, <laughs> um, Brennan actually in the, in the fireside chat, they talked briefly about that. And, uh, I think, um, not Ame and Suvi, Abria and Erica were like so nervous in that moment. And, um, you know, Brennan just dropping knowledge like he always does. He made the comment of like, well, one, like truthfully gallows is would be impressed you know it's not every day that like you get somebody that comes in town and handles what you ask them to handle in less than a day like that's a valuable right. asset so gallows would like make the job offer like he did um but in addition to that um so i'm just trying to pull it up so i don't misquote it here but brennan says my biggest piece of advice is if you smack your players on the wrist every time they take a risk they'll stop taking risks and then you'll wonder why your story's not moving forward Mm. So I was like, yeah, it's a great point. Um, so I, I'd that's love a great <laughs> insight. Wow. I'm thinking about that for my own campaign. Yeah. So really I, good. I love the fact that Lou took that risk and that Brennan, I don't know if rewarded is the right word, but like Brennan went with the flow and, um, you know, and also made like a really, I don't want to say the word believable cause I'm not trying to imply that it, it all wasn't. But that's like a really like it makes sense the reaction that happened. Um, yeah, right. And yeah, the thread, a a literal plot thread, if you will. I'm wondering, <laughs> like, do you think yeah. it actually is from the noose, or that was just like he's trying to sound hard, you know? Like, I think it probably is from it. It's just what's going on there, like. Yeah. Part. I mean, yeah. clearly, there'll it's like more, part of more his to mystique. Tell. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be more to tell with that story for sure. So I, I'm really curious to see like, <clears throat> and remind me if you remember, but like, what did he say when he gave it to, was it like, show this if you need to find me or was it like, do we think it's magical in some he, way? Like, I don't think he talked about the mechanics of it, but he just basically said like, be careful not to lose it. Mm. Cause I only have a certain amount on me. So I wonder, so. like, it seems more than just, like a token to get you back in front of me because they already had that basically. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, I don't right. think it's, it's that, I think it's something beyond that. So it like, be it a magical item, be it a way for him to like communicate long distance or something. Um, I don't know, but I'm really curious as to what this string does. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's more than symbolic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, loved that. We already talked about, lose choices this episode and they were amazing um so just because i want to get to suvi as well anything else on no that's where i was about to say i wanted to chat about yeah um <clears throat> so we already kind of briefly mentioned it but she has her directive to lay low don't do anything and both of her friends are out there <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know starting fires about so about that <laughs> i'm i'm curious to see what she what she does, how she reacts here. We already know they have like the battle of, um, 
I keep using the word philosophy. I don't know if that's necessarily apt, but they're already having this battle of philosophy and now it's like, it's going to reach an actionable right. point. So like, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think the like culminating moment of like Suvi versus like the ideals of the Citadel versus the ideals of her friends. I don't think that's coming to a head yet, but like something's got to give in the next, you know, couple encounters that they're going to have. Cause yeah, I mean, it's, Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. No, that, that was it. Uh, I was going to say, it's like kind of a double whammy because not only do you have to now, she's been told to do nothing. You have to convince her to do something, but more importantly, do something against the plan that she was actually pleased by, mm -hmm. you know, and excited by. So. Referring to the Naram capture? Yeah, right. Where she was said, like, at some point I went from feigning excitement to actually yeah. excited. Well, so. I, do you think that I think that Steel probably would be excited about that as well when she finds out more because she really mm. only got like the snippet, you know? Yeah. So I mean, we're not really sure what she would think because Steel seemed. That's true. She was like, you know, what? what's he doing to a spirit? And was kind of like, lock it down, hold everything off, like hold everything down for now. But we, I mean, I think it could go either way. I mean, she is the sword of the Citadel or the sword of the tower, whatever the expression was. Yeah, the sword so. of the Citadel. Yeah. So, I mean, she probably see stuff like this a lot so she probably would see like the military advantage of it and be excited by it but um it's still two days till she gets there i mean also the detail by the way of the portal door in silbury being yes i wanted to bring that up as well that's suspicious yeah like why doesn't it work yeah i mean we don't know the mechanics of the portal doors but like everything we've heard thus far didn't make it seem like you use it once and then it's cooled down for a month yeah. Um, so yeah, what, why did the, why do the portal doors not work? And I'm wondering if we had this conversation at one point in our past episodes that what if steel's kind of sus, not that she's like the big bad, but like mm. she's, she's connected in a lot of places that would really serve her up on a silver silver platter to like have a betrayal that we find out about like maybe she's the one that got Suvi's parents killed or you know whatever right. the case may be right. um so it's kind of i was like Ugh, when Suvi told her the truth about ame and ursulan i was like oh now she knows because like if that's true that steel and again i'm not saying steel's like evil but if she had any part to play in that grand conspiracy which is probably connected to grandmother rin which we just don't know how yet then she could feasibly be connected to the curse that's on Rin and right. Ame. And now she knows like, oh, they're looking for a way to lift this. Right. So, right. Yeah. <clears throat> if she placed the curse, even now it's, well, I can't let them get the wrong sword right. at all. So st stay put, don't move. Like, yeah, you know, like, again, I'm not, I'm not like fully in on this, this thing idea that she is like a bad guy at all but like all those pieces do line up if that were to be the case and like that could be the reason why she told them to not move like right I, I, but all this being said i don't think that's about to come up in these next episodes i think even if that were the case like i feel like that's not something that gets dropped until like episode 50 you know um maybe i don't know yeah. I, I agree with you i think it's definitely like a longer con but I think Brennan is a bit of like a chaos demon with like <laughs> crazy moments. And 
I'm very curious if he is himself like cycling up to some big episode. Yeah. So. Which on, on the steel thing, which I'll, this will be my last thing about it so we can move on. But the whole ideology, ideological war we've got going on, if you will, between like the Citadel and the honored friends, kind of like the dynamic between Suvi and Ame, if you will. Um, if we assume that the Citadel is going to do anything for the good of the Citadel, the power of the mages, then they're going to scorched earth. What like, they don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just do it. Ends justify the means. Um, we don't know what, the deal was with Suvi's parents and what that conflict was about. But presumably I feel like Suvi's parents were kind of at odds with maybe the Citadel or maybe the established powers. And that that's a total assumption on my part. Um, but you know, they wanted to protect Suvi and they, and they entrusted her to a witch instead mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. the Citadel. So I imagine there was some dynamic there that was maybe opposed and so Steel being their best friends, you would think would be on that side of things, but she's now the sword of the Citadel, like right. the number one muscle for the Citadel. So you would imagine that like her goals are in line with the Citadel's goals. Mm -hmm. All that to say is that I think in this ideological war, Steel is definitely on one side. And I think ultimately Suvi is going to be on that other side. So I agree. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe that's, <laughs> Maybe that's the same thing that happened with her parents and steel. Yeah. You know, anyway, <laughs> I agree hundred <clears throat> percent. So we'll see. Whew, man. All right. What else in this episode? Um, let's, let me just go through real quick. I think we pretty much covered what I wanted to. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, just one other quick Brennan. Well, two two quick points of praise. Shout out Taylor Moore again, because the sound design was so good this episode. It was, yeah. Um, the, the moments that stand out to me were was Ame in that research montage where she finds out about Naram and like the theme kicks epic. in. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So good. And then also in the big conversation that we referred to in the beginning of the episode, kind of the absence of music, kind of just like letting Yes. Which I think that's a skill too, to kind of know yeah. when to not touch it. Um, right. <laughs> but the, uh, the praise <laughs> I wanted to give to <laughs> like, Oh, this is the wrong feel. <laughs> <laughs> the like sad violin. Yeah. Uh, but also Brennan, um, kind of in the same vein, uh, he, Brennan didn't talk for like, I don't know. I, I, I want to say like 20 minutes. It probably wasn't that long, but like, you yeah. know, it was all the players, which um, I think he even mentioned something about this. That's like the best feeling as a DM when you just don't even have to do anything and your players yeah. are just like going back and forth. Um, so, I mean, of course a DM of Brennan's caliber wasn't going to like jump in and like force anything in that moment, but I still wanted to, you know, give him the praise for kind of just sitting back and letting them flex their oh, yeah. chops, you know? Love it. Yep, I agree. Well, I guess let us know what other high points you guys loved if you're enjoying the series and your theories as what the heck's going to be happening in the near future. We want to know about it. Um, and also don't forget, we have a Discord. You can jump in and chat with us. Um, we don't do like a live reaction to 
Worlds Beyond because of the nature of how it gets released. But we do have a um, uh, a Discord where you can jump in and like have a conversation and let us know what you're thinking about it, like an actual like chat channel. Yeah. <laughs> um, excuse me. So don't be a stranger. Everybody's welcome. And um, we'll keep bringing you Worlds Beyond content as well as some D&D content as well. Yeah. As well as as well. As well as as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thumbnail reaction. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. Hmm. I don't. I was looking for like any thread on my desk, and I don't have any. <laughs> It'd be don't, weird if I did. I don't. <laughs> don't either. Um, I have my, I have my sword, my initiative sword. Oh, well, there you go. You know, Wave breaker. Really see it. Yeah. It'd be like. <laughs> All right, you know? I'm, I'm in. Okay. I'll just... Am I in the frame? Am I good? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this was a gift from Will. Was. Tracking initiative. Have you actually like used it to track oh, yeah. initiative? Nice. Yeah, yeah. And now when I bring it out, they're like, you got the initiative tracker. And I'm like... <laughs> what, do, what does that mean? <laughs> I do indeed. Don't so, worry about it. Yeah. All right. We appreciate you guys, and we will catch you later. Bye, y'all. See ya.